Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. As we talk today a little bit about uh, going into Thanksgiving this week, we're going to end our series this week on the life we live and the lies that we believe. Um, And I think sometimes here, probably because we have such an abundance, and if you ever think that you don't have an abundance, and let me just say, that doesn't mean you should feel guilty for what you have. That's not what it, that's not. The blessing of the Lord adds to, it gives to you, but he gives no sorrow with it. It's, it's a beautiful thing when the Lord blesses because there's no sorrow. You're not up all night long. You're not up early in the morning. As the scriptures say, it is foolish for you to stay up late, to rise up early and eat the bread of sorrows, which means it's your bread. You're working for bread. It's foolish to stay up all night long. Get up early in the morning, just working for bread. I'm working for the dollar, working for the dollar. Well, think about that statement. I'm working for the dollar. That means you're not working for Jesus. So you got to put some of this stuff in context. Sometimes the way we think, well, I got to work. I got to make money. Well, okay, you, you, God blesses, but I'm not working for money because that puts you under it. And so when we talk a little bit about today, the blessing, don't feel guilty for what you have. We're blessed. Thank God for it. Um, but sometimes it's because of the abundance that we have, it's hard sometimes to stop and actually uh, be thankful. It may seem like a bit of a paradox. Well, how is it possible? I'm thankful for God for all he's given me. I understand that. But here's a better question maybe sometimes. Why should I be thankful? Because of maybe the season you're in right now, what you go through. Man, it's a lie that anybody puts out there. And sometimes we believe, why should I be thankful? And it's many times because, take the abundance out for a moment, um, but when you go through things, when you have things come against you, when things happen to you, if you're not careful pretty soon, you think, well, you know, why should I be thankful? I've got all this stuff coming against me. I got this happening, that's happening, you know, where's my break? <laughs> where's my breakthrough? Those kind of things, right? And I think sometimes it might be the wrong question to ask because when we say, where's my break? Where's my breakthrough? What about me? It, it not without realizing it, it actually, we're saying something's missing, like something's missing in my life. If I don't have something, then something is missing. Well, God, where is my, but it, whatever you want, fill in your blank, pick your box. It, it says I'm, there's something missing in my life. And based on God's word, there's nothing missing in your life. Right. Nothing missing. No, what are y'all doing here? I figured y'all be out of town. Y'all are some devoted people of faith in Jesus' name, man. Like, goodness gracious alive. Them folks just got married this week and I'll be gone, man. That's some devotion right there. Wow, that's crazy. Man, we jetted out of here like a jet aeroplane. We is gone. We got married. Adios. So anyway, that's cool. So I totally got distracted. Sorry. (laughs) It was a great win, though, by the way. Y'all fed us well. I loved every minute of it. It was wonderful. Anyways, so, um, um, and I got a cool cut from them. It says, the best officiant ever. I started to bring it. I didn't have time to, you know, get ready for it. I thought, I'm, that's what I'm using now. I love it. But I think this question of what's missing in my life, am I satisfied, dissatisfied with current things in my life? It's like, so Paul said, no matter what state I'm in, content or with lack, I'm satisfied. Because he knew that nothing was missing. Nothing was broken. You, you, you will have sometimes more in your bank account and sometimes less, depending on what breaks. 
<laughs> dishwasher breaks. Like we have one that's in our house. I remember when it was installed, I was a little kid, okay? So I've told my kids, be gentle. It is awesome, but it could break, okay? It's been steaming dishes for 30 plus years. Let's be gentle on the dishwasher, okay? It's not brand new. And uh, the old ones last better, obviously, than the new ones do, I think, now. But I tell her, be careful, be careful, right? And because why? Because I, mean, I don't want to... I don't have to deal with a dishwasher. You know, I don't want to replace that thing. Those things are frustrating every time, you know. Never had one that was just easy to go back in. But if your dishwasher breaks, you're going to spend extra money. And you can look at that in one of two ways. Why did this happen to me? Or you can just acknowledge the fact that we make junk now. And that's why it breaks. You never see a 56, 57, 60 model Chevrolet dealing with major issues. Those things, man, just were made to, they were like tanks. No airbags, seat belts are optional, just tucked them under the bench. Nobody cared. I mean, my kids don't even understand this. Like, I was still a child when seatbelt laws um, went into effect. I remember my grandparents, <laughs> I remember we went to Florida one time. I laid in the back of the Cadillac on the top by the window like this. Horizontal, you know, just kick back like this, just laid in the Cadillac in the sun going down the road. So cool. Loved every minute of it. No one thought a thing about it. Why? Because if you hit that monster, we're going to be fine. Whatever else hit it is going to be pulverized. Nothing but steel. Now, you've got to be so... I tell Haley, don't park your car near anybody. Because if you barely bump it... I mean, somebody, we were at Tractor Supply that day getting... You probably wonder, why are we in her car going to Tractor Supply? Because that's just the one we were in. I needed chicken feed, needed, you know, some shavings for our chicks. And throw the stuff, we're getting ready to get in. And somebody just not thinking about the proximity of a door between another door. And it was wind blowing. Just, Bam! It hits so hard that the car actually goes like this. The kids go like, what just happened? Somebody just hit us. I'm like, are you? Lord, what are you teaching me here? Like, I mean, you know, her car had a brand new paint job. It was sleek. It was nice. I mean, I've already been hit in the back at Starbucks in this car. I've been hit more times in her car than I've ever been hit in my life. I mean, so I get out and I look at the guy. I said, and if you're here, brother, look, don't take it. Uh, you know, it's cool. But I look at the guy and it's like, bro, you just, you just hit my car. And then he looks at me and says, no, I didn't. Which all of my Armerchi and me, just I didn't ask for it. I didn't call it up. I didn't say, hey, I need you right now. It just was there. And I looked at him and was like, yeah, you did. And I was about to lay, like, you know, lay the preacher card aside, lay everything aside, ask Jesus to just step aside for a moment, give me just a minute here, until I saw he had children. And thank God, that just kind of, I looked and I saw a car seat, and here I see a guy who's like 20 years younger, babies and kids, and I look at him and I think, I was you 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like just trying to get by, this and that and the other. And I thought, you know, it's not worth it. I'm not going to have like this big dispute here. I just want him to acknowledge that he hit it. And finally he says, I'm sorry, you want us to call the police? I'm like, no, 
I don't need you to call the police. I'll deal with it. It's okay. I'll fix it. Just let him go on his way. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Just chill out. Because I realize, you know what? Look, man, it's a car. In the end, it's just a car. God blessed me with enough of them. I've had plenty of them. And he'll bless me with another one. It's okay. It's just a car. So I say that because if you ever wonder why you're dissatisfied in life, it might be because of not the lack of things or the abundance of things. It could be the lack of understanding that in your own personal life spiritually, there should be nothing missing and nothing broken. The satisfaction of life comes with a peace with God in whatever state you're in. It doesn't mean you satisfy and stay where you're at. It doesn't mean you have to accept your situation. It doesn't mean like if you don't have, if there's some things you're praying, asking God for in life, you'd like to have a nice home or a car. There's nothing wrong with stopping and saying, you know what, God, I'd really like to have. Maybe you don't give me a Cadillac, okay? But maybe it's a, a Chevrolet. Maybe it's a, a used Honda or a... Whatever, but God just asked for you a good car to get around in. I need one. And uh, God, however you bless me, that's, that, I'll be satisfied with that for a season. And I can ask you for more later. But it's okay. I mean, it really is okay. And I remember driving around. Listen, I was in ministry driving around. And I, I literally drove a, a vehicle. I had to get a vehicle used. I only had so much money. I drove this vehicle so long. Uh, and you guys would appreciate this that have ever done this before. That you drive it, and I had no money to buy brakes, so I used emergency brakes. Now, my kids did not ride in the vehicle with me, but I literally used the lever to stop with. Because I couldn't afford the brakes, and I was embarrassed to ask for help. And so I'm using emergency brakes to stop the vehicle at traffic lights. Now, have you ever, anybody else ever done this before besides me? Okay, look around there. You're not alone, my brother. You're not alone. Right? It's like, man, I just didn't have the 90 to 100 bucks to fix the brakes. So I'm, I figure, how often do you use emergency brakes anyway? I mean, aren't they there for emergencies? This is an emergency. <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be all right. <laughs> so, but, you know, I was, I didn't like the car that I was in. I didn't enjoy what I was situated. But I was happy. You know, my wife was healthy. You know, at this time, you know, we didn't, really, we didn't have any kids at all at this time. I was driving. I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have put a kid in that, maybe. Depends if I, if I had to, I guess. But, you know. But, look, I mean, she'll tell you the stories of this man taking Ava when she was a baby. Like, after she got older and, and as a toddler age, she wants ice cream and all this stuff now. And, my Lord, now it's like Chick-fil-A is like the thing. Like, it's like if you go buy this magnet that... God has created somehow with this chicken that somehow summons everybody to. I've never seen so many lines at a Chick-fil-A in my life. I don't, there's something, you know, I'm saying it's got to be God because you just don't, I mean, listen, I can make pretty good chicken. That's, it's, it's good, but it's, let's just be honest. You're not rolling up in there every day because just, I can't get away from this chicken. Or maybe it is, there's something in it, I don't know, but it's, I think it's the Lord working in that. But, but back then we didn't, it wasn't a Chick-fil-A trip for us, we couldn't afford that. So uh, Haley would dig out through that little ashtray. We'd put all of our chains in the little ashtray. And she'd dig out enough to take Ava to go get like, stuff like little snacks and whatnot, ice creams, whatever, little dollar stuff, you know, at McDonald's or whatever. But we did that. We dug through ashtrays. We uh, went through that. But we were happy. I mean, we were happy. Maybe it, was, maybe it was blissful love. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You just don't know any better. I don't know. But we were happy. And in life, you know, if you're grateful and you have gratitude, you show it. You're, you smile a little bit. You know, it's, it's okay. And 
if you don't have what you want right now, it's okay. The Lord's faithfulness is not measured in the abundance of things. Because he actually tells us, don't get attached to these things. I mean, I'm in the process right now of doing inventory of things. And I told Haley, I don't get overwhelmed. I'm not an, I don't usually get anxious about things. Sometimes I've had that happen. And for those of you who do, I, I've only had a few times, but I, I get it. I, and I sympathize with you. I, I have empathy. I pray for you. It, that's tough. I get it. I'm just not wired that way. God didn't wire me with that. But I'll tell you what, take an inventory of everything and go like, what am I going to do with all of this stuff? This is crazy. Like, you should go home. I just encourage you, go home. Take a notebook with you and ask yourself, if you had to sell your everything in the next three months, let's just say one month to put the pressure on you, just for fun, just put it on you real quick, next week, right? And ask yourself, why do you have four thermoses that have never been opened? Brother, man, listen, if you have tools, go through your tools and ask yourself, how many framing squares do I need? I have one, two, three, four. That's just framing squares, man. I can break down some more. Why? I don't know. I don't know why I have that many. I guess I couldn't find one one day and I went and got another one. I, but it's ridiculous. You would be amazed at what you have. If you had to liquidate everything... Your net worth right now, I bet you anything, you'd have more than you realize. You would have more than you realize. And so it's not about the things. God tells us don't get attached to things. No, he'll bless you with things. There's nothing wrong with it. Just don't let the things have you. So if you find yourself in a situation where you feel dissatisfied, let me ask you a question. This why. What is it that you need right now that would fill that gap? If you're dissatisfied in life, you think, well, I am not satisfied This is missing. So if there's something, whatever that thing is, I want you to visualize it right now and ask yourself, if you had it, would that change how you think right now and how you feel? Would it really do enough to you? Would it really change you? And you're like, next week you come to church and you're like, yeah, praise the Lord. Yes. Rock out, y'all. Come on. Let's worship today, people. I mean, would you be that person? I'm coming to praise Jesus. Why? Because God did this. Well, if God did that, if that's what makes you move towards God, if he does something, the relationship with God, then it's based on something and not someone. And it's important that we understand that. So before I say I'm a gracious person, I'm a thankful person, I'd encourage you to take a look in the mirror, take a notebook with you, ask yourself, does my face really show it? Am I happy? And I know it. Do an inventory of life and see if it's legit and just see what happens. But so I'm going to go through a couple things today is how do I always reposition my life? Every time this year I stop and ask myself, am I thankful? Am I grateful? Do I, uh, am I, do I have gratitude in my life for God and for what he's given me? Family, life, kids, my wife, everything. Just am I grateful? And one of the ways I, I always do is to remind myself is to remind me of this number one thing is this. Um, and I, I'm not really getting into turkeys today, but I'm going to kind of use it as an illustration is this idea of pardoned. Okay, we, we've heard this before. Um, like, presidents can do this. They can pardon people if their offense is a federal offense. They can't pardon state offenses. That's a governor's job. But nonetheless, let's say a governor or a president. They can pardon anybody they want to. Been, I mean, 
They could go through the federal system and say, select all, free. If they want to. But they don't. They pick and choose. Many times they're friends. Maybe donors, maybe whatever. I don't know. They pick and choose. There's thousands to choose from. They only pick a couple hundred. You wonder, why are you picking those guys? There's plenty of other people that ask for a pardon. Why can't they get one? I mean, they didn't do anything more wrong than your buddy did. Why you let... Anyway, just... That's... But here's a question I ask myself. You know, am I thankful about this one thing that I am pardoned? It's a word that we use, and it's used every year around Thanksgiving. I don't know if he goes out on Thanksgiving Day or the day before, but a president will go out with a flock of turkeys. Now, I'm not trying to be humorous here, but it's just kind of humorous. He goes out with these turkeys, and I guess they pick one or whatever. And this one turkey, it's his day. He is the pardoned turkey. They let him free, or they say, you're not going to get your head chopped off. You're not going to get roasted. Your buddies, every one of those guys, they're all getting fried, roasted, or whatever. Um, but you get to be set free, little turkey. It's a presidential for a turkey. It's the biggest waste of, to me, money, time, and energy I've ever seen in my life. Who cares? Like, there's more important things to do. I don't need you pardoning turkeys. But nonetheless, that's what we do as a country. Praise the Lord. Pardon turkeys. Now, I'm, I'm being humorous a little bit with it, but if... If a turkey is released from that, then we see he's not going to be roasted or, or baked or smoked or fried or whatever else like that. He's released. He doesn't, next year, he, and it's not next year he gets back in the lottery and tries again. It's not like that. He's done. It's over. He's released. And I say that because in the reality, and I'm not trying to make it out like we're turkeys here, but God has pardoned every one of us that are in Christ. Like you, and you don't go back in the pool next year to see, are you released again? If you understand pardon, how it works, when they pardon you, you're done. You might have done the deed, it's on paper, hey, you know, you, this is your, your sentencing, you're guilty, this, that, but it doesn't matter. Because the president has said, or the governor has said, you are pardoned, so even though you did this, we can't charge you, you're free. Yes, it's there, yes, it happened, this is, but based on his decision, you get to go free. And I wonder sometimes if we understand the magnitude of what Jesus did in this area with our own lives. That you have been set free. When he said you have been set free, Paul said you've been set free. He didn't mean that you're not going to have struggles in life or issues or make mistakes. He said, he wanted you to know, you have been pardoned from your sin nature in the past. You're done. It's over. Did you do stuff? Yeah. But based on the one who has the authority to release you, he says, you're pardoned. And here's a question I'll ask you this morning. Can you pardon yourself? You can't. But many of us try. Well, if I just did enough of this stuff for God, then he would accept me. I got to tell you something, guys. He's going to accept you through the blood of Jesus, whether you can give him a list of what you've done or not. And that's the beauty of it, because there's some of you in here that you're racking up stuff you're doing for God, and you think that does something for you. And there's other in here, you're wishing you could add some of their stuff to your list because you've done so many things you wish you hadn't done, and you feel like you don't measure up, so you're trying to do stuff to achieve. And I'm just telling you, you can't impress them, and you can't buy them. It's, it's not our decision. It was through the blood of Jesus. He said, if you want to be pardoned, here's all you got to do. Accept my son. 
Check over with. You're free. And that is a relaxing feeling. To know that, yes, I'm going to do my best to live for Jesus, but I'm still going to make mistakes. And yet, even in my mistakes, I am still pardoned in the Lord. It is a, it's just a freeing thing on the inside. So let me read this to you from Psalms 103. This is a scripture where we, uh, a lot of times, we go back and try to remember the benefits that God has blessed us with, okay? So Psalm 103, we'll put it on the screen for you. You can write this down. But <clears throat> start in verse 1, uh, New American Standard Bible. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. There you go. And all that is within me. So when we come to the church today, what are we doing? We worship God. Why do we worship first? If you ever want to know why we worship first and we don't preach first, this is why. Because our worship is for God. Our preaching is not for God. Um, I mean, there was one who preached that's much better than I. (laughs) You you understand? Um, When Jesus preached, the people there, even the, the legalistic people said, we've never heard anything like this before in our lives. And it wasn't because he was loud. It's because he spoke with great authority. And when God speaks, all of heaven and earth back up what he says. So when he speaks, it's with great authority. And so when Jesus preached, there was no one who preached like him. John the Baptist was great, but nothing compared to Jesus. And I'm saying that because why do we worship first? Because worship is for God. It's not for us. So we worship first. The preaching of the word is for us. God doesn't need... Let me just, for a moment, just to help us all, like, put in a context of this. He does not need our preaching. He is not impressed with our preaching. He's not impressed with our preachers. He's not impressed with me. There's not anybody out there anywhere on the face of this planet that's doing something like, he was, well, I mean, I'm going to have to amen that. That's impressive. I mean, he's not sitting in heaven going like, Preach it. He, there's not one thing that we do as preachers, teachers, preachers, prophets, apostles, evangelists, any of us, for God that he steps up and says, wow, I mean, I never thought of that. <laughs> it's his word. It is him. We're just vocalizing his word and it's for you. It's for me. He doesn't need, he is the word. Right. He don't need any preaching. But you want to know, why do we worship first? Because it's for God. Well, man, I feel better after we preach. Then I can worship better. Yeah, but you know what? Then you're basing on you. Worship's a sacrifice. I mean, you should have seen this earlier. Before you guys got here and nobody was in the room, you should have seen it. We were a train wreck waiting to happen. And it wasn't for the people that wouldn't prepare. We were ready. But stuff just went crazy. I mean, stuff's going out left and right. Gear's going out. We don't know what's going on. We're like, what? You know, we're all, we got tech guys helping us. We're trying to help everybody. I mean, when the Ricky's jumped off the drums, he's in the wires. He's trying to figure out, everybody's working on it. But then, you know, we stop. My wife, being the bright lady that she is, comes over to me and says, you ought to pray. (laughs) And I'm in the middle of this. And so I say, honey, we're busy right now. I mean, like... (laughs) We're trying to fix stuff. Can't you see? And she goes, that's why we should pray. <laughs> I said, well, okay, in a minute, we'll pray. But we can't hear each other right now. This is, she said, I know. We should pray. <laughs> so 
I said, okay, well, I'll pray, I'll pray, okay. And, and literally, it was just a few, like right up about just a few seconds later, everything's working again. So while we're trying to plug in and get things back reorganized from where we were, I, we take the time we pray. But you should have seen it. A bunch of humans trying to scramble to fix some stuff. For why? Because we knew we we're going to worship God first. And we want you to be able to hear so we can sing together. So that was really important that we got it right. But it wasn't about performance and it wasn't about making sure you're impressed at all. It's making sure, uh, can anybody hear what we're doing so we can all worship God together? Because he's the, he's the reason why we came. Amen. The, the preaching part is, is secondary because it's for you. The worship, though, is for him. And it is a sacrifice at times. The scriptures say it's the fruit of our lips giving glory and thanksgiving unto God. It's a sacrifice. I don't want to sometimes. Be honest. Do you sometimes feel like coming in and worshiping God? Do you? No. It's okay. You can say that. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a sacrifice. If you felt like doing it all the time, it's no longer a sacrifice. It's, it's a, you're, just, it's a, you're enjoying your life and it's great. But when you worship God, it's a sacrifice sometimes. Anyway, a little side note there, okay? So Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul. It's first because it's worship to God. Why does he say that? Because you have to put your soul in position of worship. And then he says, and all that is, in, that is within me, bless his holy name. Before I go much further, he says it twice. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he starts talking about forgetting not all he's done for you. But before I go any further, did you notice what he, twice. Anytime you see something repeated in scripture like that is an indicating an indicator of the hand of God on it. When you see something twice, over and over again, when Joseph said, it, he, what did he put his hand to prosper? Look how many times he put his hand multiple times. When God ministers, says something more than once in his word twice, back to back. Verily, verily, I say unto you, it is God's hand on it. And he's saying, my word is my word. And he's, he's preaching his word anyway, but he's saying, I want you to stop for a minute and understand I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put some extra on this to hear this. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Worship's important, and you've got to get your soul in position to do it. Then we can talk about benefits. Forget not any of his benefits. This is stuff we like, but before, we've got to have, make sure we have our worship to God. So verse 3, the first thing he says is what? He who pardons all of your iniquities. See that word right there? Pardon. He does it. He has pardoned all of your iniquities. And before we go any further, I just want to take a moment and just on this word iniquity. If you've heard it before, you've probably heard it like this. We, we say in our culture, and I'm just going to take some time. I just feel like going through this a little different. So um, if, you, if you look at the word iniquity, um, it's different from the word sin. So in our culture, we say things like this. Well, you might have heard this. Hey, I'm just going to break some generational curses. Raise your hand if you've heard this before. I'm going to break some generational curses. I, the, okay, so that's a more familiar term. We use it. It's not... It's not indicated in Scripture in that way. It's what we say. But it's the word iniquity. That's generational curses would be the word iniquity. And in the word iniquity is different from sin. You were born into sin. You couldn't help it, couldn't control it, had no decision in the process whatsoever. You were born of man, the seed of man passed on to you. So therefore sin through Adam passed on to every generation. That's why Jesus was born without the seed of man because he was born holy and righteous of God. Make sense? No, no seed of man through. That's why he is the only one. That's why there's no other religion that has this. None. 
So if you're just going to roll the dice and guess on religion to see who's right, I'd pick the one that at least says this God is the one that's holy and without blemish and said, I pardoned you. Not trying to, everyone else, you got to figure out how to achieve to be. He's the only one that says, I'll be for you if you'll just accept me. And so therefore that sin nature is what we've all been redeemed from. You're born into sin. So when you come to Christ, the scriptures say this in Galatians, that he himself bore the sin of human nature on the cross and he himself became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He became sin. You became righteous. It's a beautiful exchange. There's a great worship song by Hillsong called A Beautiful Exchange, one of my favorite songs of all time because it talks about the redemptive work of Jesus. He became so that I could be. It's beautiful. But this iniquity thing is different. Iniquity is not sin. It is a byproduct of sin. And iniquity is what I liken it to. Is when If you've ever seen, like in our place, in our property, we have a tree in the front of our house that... The, the winds are very strong. I've had to replace numerous trees in the front of our home because we have, I guess it's called straight line winds, right, that comes through some places. We have it, they come through like this path. I don't understand how or why, but it curves around the front of the house super fast. I've had cypress trees just boom, just blow over. I try to keep them, you know, up as long as I could, had them tied off with ropes. They just wouldn't, they wouldn't last. I mean, just the wind just knock them over. And so I just uprooted those, but we had this one, it's like a maple, before we ever moved there, it was already like this. And so over the years where the wind has hit it, it's done more like this. So the trunk of the tree just last year finally blew over. The trunk is sticking out of the dirt. I'm just trying to cover it to keep it because it's like cool for the kids. But my arm would be the, 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 instead of a tree doing this way, it's doing this way. And then it's growing up like that. No, trees grow like straight up, right? Like this. This is what you should see. This one is like this. And what happened is something, a force hit it, caused it to be bent, but it's trying to grow upright because that's what it's designed and created to do. But it can't change this because this is already too far gone. And because of that, it's still growing upright, But this is affecting its ability to gain nutrients, life, and growth. Iniquities are like a bent tree. You've had things happen to you. You've had things that come across your path. You've had things that have shaped your life in ways that Jesus has redeemed you from sin. And so we all have this thing that's happened, and yet we keep trying to go upright like this. And it's absolutely fine. But what God wants to do is only what he can do, because you can't do this with a tree, but you can do it spiritually. God wants to take what he says right here. He pardons all of your, watch this, iniquities. He wants to say, it's not, just don't come to church and just don't come to me and say, I want to be forgiven for my sin. That's fantastic. Most amazing gift from God ever. But he also wants to say, I'd like to talk to you about your life. And I'd like to adjust some things in your life so you don't have this crook in there, this bent place in there. I'd like to make the crooked places straight. There's something only he can do. But it's the stuff we don't really want to probably acknowledge to him, but it needs to be done. He'll pardon not just the sin nature. He will pardon your iniquities. Because this right here, this between this and this, These are things we all make decisions on. Well, 
I won't sing because someone told me one time I don't have a good singing voice. Now, you might think that's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. Who cares if you don't have a singing voice? Jesus, I mean, the, make a joyful noise to the Lord. You don't, have to, you don't have to have like a, you know, you don't have to be like Adele. I mean, if you like her, you ain't going to be here anyway. Let's just be honest. I mean, we're going to find you. Like, if you can sing like her, somebody will find you, right? Well, I don't, you know, I, I thought maybe, <clears throat> you know, I might be in design. Or maybe I was going to be an, art, an artist, but someone told me one time I'm not any good at it. That's a bent. I mean, I remember one time I literally tried to change my handwriting because I had someone that from on my dad's side of the family I'd met one time. One time. We went to visit them. I don't remember who they are, where they're from. One time. Because I write differently. Now, if I'm in a hurry, it's like, but most of the time I write differently. I don't use the whatever this the, the middle finger, I don't know what you call the thing, <laughs> the middle finger. You're supposed to use that to hold your pen or pencil on, I guess, for stability. I always used my ring finger, if you will. That's the one I always used. And I would use it, and that's how I would write, draw, whatever. One guy tells me, that's not the right way. You shouldn't write that way. And I tried to change. For someone I don't know, has no influence in my life, but simply because for some reason he said I was wrong, I changed the... You know how stupid that is? Because I can do better with this one. Like I'm much neater. I'm a bit of an artist. So like I would draw... It was some things I learned to do and I would you know, draw. So basically I couldn't do it though once I would use this figure. All because one guy. I don't even remember his name. How foolish is that? That's called a bent... That at some point you've got to give to God and say, you know what, Lord, I don't know why I believe that lie, but I'm giving it to you. Let him straighten some stuff back up. Just a little bit more and a little bit more. Anyway, I just want to take some moment on that, okay? So he pardons all of your iniquities. And then watch this. He heals all of your diseases. And no matter what anyone, t- that's physical. He just went through spiritual, now he's going through physical. He heals all of your diseases. That's why we pray for you. We pray for each other. If we're sick, we pray. For that reason, because God will, and we ask God, and it doesn't matter how he does it, I could care less. Sometimes we get all wrapped up in stuff. Well, does he do it with the doctor? Well, he did it with his anointing. Well, he did it. I don't care. I, I don't care. I'm not going to evaluate God and how he wants to just, I just ask him to do it. As long as it's, as long as it's a, 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 I don't care. Just thank you, Lord, for it, you know? So then he says he redeems your life from the pit. That's destruction. He rebe- redeems, and re- the word redeem here, guys, is different. Uh, the word redeem is not the same as this word pardon. You could interchange if you want to, but it's not the, the context isn't the same. When he says redeem, if you've been thrown into the pit, that stinks. Joseph was thrown into the pit. He was put into something he did not want to be a part of. He was thrown into slavery. It was something he didn't ask for, didn't choose, or anything else. He was mistreated, lied about, put in prison, lied on again by Potiphar's wife. He was a man of integrity, but he was in a pit of life, if you will. Nothing was going well for him. And God redeemed him, if you will. From that. So it doesn't matter how far you've gone or what you've done or how deep the pit is you think you got yourself in or someone puts you in. I'm telling you, he can redeem you from the pit. 
And it's a wonderful thing, but you've got to believe that he can actually redeem what has been lost or what has been stolen from you. And he also crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. And watch this. This is, this is great. If you're older, man, you ought to just hope this is the, one of the best scriptures. He satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Like renew, he renews you. I mean, listen, I'm starting, I'm not in this category, but I kind of use it a little, you know, like already I'm saying, hold on now. Why am I, why is stuff popping? <laughs> Nothing. Why am I popping? I don't want to, it just did it then. Like, why does it do that? I didn't pop before. Like why? So I go to this and I say, Lord, you know what? I'm asking you to renew my youth like the eagle. Renew my eyesight, Lord. Renew my legs. Renew my joints. Renew, renew muscle. I'm asking you to help me, God, strengthen my body. You can pray that. There's nothing wrong with praying that. Listen, if, if I was getting old, I would not buy into the lie that, circling, that goes around the southeastern part of the United States. Do you know what that is? It's just this lie that we have embedded in our culture where we just going to get old. Just, I mean, you know, we're not going to do nothing. We're just going to get old. My grandmama's in here now. Is, I don't want, you're not supposed to say people's age, so I'm not going to say. But I'm going to just tell y'all something. Half y'all in here, she can outwork Amen. and probably outrun. Amen. I'm just going to be honest with you. Amen. She, she gets up and runs. She does stuff. She has an Apple Watch now, and she's the only person I know that can actually close the rings. Personally, that I know, if you do it, good for you. If you like, if you're 39 or that don't count. You're, you should close the rings anyway. You don't even need a, nothing. You should just be closing all kind of stuff. But when you get older, like you have to. She is closing rings. She's closed the rings twice in one day before. I mean, it's impressive. My father-in-law goes. He goes, man. He said, I don't know what. And how? I don't know if she's got good genes. I don't know what to do. Your grandmama is something else. And I know she is. We got out there and work. She like work us. I'm just telling you, you can pray and ask the Lord, God, restore my youth like the eagles. All right. I'd figure I'd get better, more amens than that. God don't need that. He's the ancient of days. He doesn't need any of this. This is for us. Okay. All right. Real quick. Let me, um, let me, let me kind of wrap up because I just, I felt like saying on this, I was going to talk about some other stuff. I really feel like just camping out on some of this right here. Um, let me put this one word up for you real quick on the word iniquity. I didn't do this, but I want to put it up if, if we didn't just so you can have it. Um, when God says he pardons all your iniquities, I want you to think about this. The things that we pick up aren't just as simple as what others have done to us. It's things that we kind of get our own selves into. He can pardon iniquity. This would be, you know, you can look it up there. It's a, it's a Hebrew word here. I can't pronounce it very good, but it's any kind of perversity, immorality, evil, faults. The word fault is interesting. If you have a blame culture on you, like it's your fault. Oh, it's my fault. I'm sorry, it's always my fault. It's not your fault. What's well, your fault? Well, you know... It, you know, I, I, I saw, I'm just apologizing for my kid. Okay, your kid did what? Well, they disrespected what? Okay, that's on them. You can't take responsibility for everything someone else does. Yeah, but I feel like it's my fault. 
Why? Like the dude that opened his door and hit my car? Ain't my fault. He should have compensated for the idea that the wind is blowing strong. I shouldn't park so close to someone. Move over, little Jack. It's just common sense. You might think that's harsh, but I'm, I'm not a fault person. I am not wired with that bent, okay? I look at it and go, it's your fault. <laughs> that's what I got to work on. It's okay, maybe it's my fault sometimes. <laughs> that's me. I'm sorry, but that's me. But you can't carry fault, blame culture. It's not always your fault. The word iniquity, then there's uh, mischief and there's sin. These are all things that God wants to redeem from. Let me read you something from Numbers chapter 14 real quick. Numbers 14, 18 says, The Lord is slow in anger and he's abundant in loving kindness. He's forgiving iniquity. Love this, man. This is so great. And transgression. Not only did he forgive you for the iniquity or release you from iniquity or help you get this junk right. When you screw up and mess up and make mistakes, he forgives you for that too. I mean, guys, this is the best. This ought to, you ought to go into Thanksgiving this year, and if somebody else eats all the turkey, you don't even care because of all he's done for you. Like, you look around at people and say, man, I'm so excited about what Jesus did for me. Let me give you seconds. You know what? Enjoy the pumpkin pie. I'm just loving Jesus today. It ought to make you happy for what he's done for you. He says, I forgive iniquity and the sin, the transgression. But then he says, but he will by no means clear the guilty. And this is what people get wrapped up and hung up on all the time. These generational curses things. He visits the iniquity. That's the bent things of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. So people talk about generational curses. This is where they cut it from. So as I kind of try to land this plane for you this morning, I want to end on some of these thoughts. And give you some stories and then and see what it does for you. If we don't address this, these are called iniquities, things that have marked our lives. Speaking of dads right now first, okay, just if you're a dad or you're a male, you will be a dad maybe one day, maybe not, but it's potentially, or grandfathers in the room, great-grandfathers, listen to what I'm saying here. It is super important you understand these things that have marked our lives must be redeemed and given to God. You can be a Christian and this stuff still be around and it will go to the next generation. It can happen. Whether you wanted it to or not, it's called being a part of something. Family is so tight and strong. If you're a part of a culture or some kind of environment long enough, you adapt to it. You may think, not me, I promise you. Give me 20 minutes in your culture and I can show you You become, you pick up, not all, but you pick up things. Things that you say, things that you do, mannerisms. Some of that stuff might be genetic, but a lot of it's just in the home. And it's dads. He addresses it to us because we have the ability to change that. Remember, seed is passed on through every generation. The sin is in the seed. Ladies, you're off the hook right here for a moment. You know what I'm saying? Just amen, right? You're off the hook. That's right, girl, sister, girl, just praise the Lord. Because he does not address in women. And this is why, man, I wish I had more time to break all this stuff, some stuff, more stuff down today. I don't want to get off on the rabbit trails of this, but this is why the whole gender thing is such an issue, why the enemy's lying about this. Because if you mix it all up and confuse everybody about it, now women take on things that you shouldn't take on. 
spiritual things. He does not say one time, look at the scriptures over and over time. You know why men are listed in the genealogy and not women? Because it's our stinking responsibility to get the family right. It's not the women's problem. It's just not your problem. It's on us. But you know how many women come to church and come up and ask me for, please pray for my husband. Why is she asking for prayer for her husband? Innately, it's within us that we know where the problem lies. It's at the feet of us, men. We are the reason. And you don't have to be Billy Graham. You don't have to open your Bible and break down some four-point series for them. You don't have to be. All you got to do is fix some of this right here. My wife has been chipping on this with me and helping me in our life. She would say things, and she will say it to me and tell me, I think you might have been a little tough on that. I think, you know what, I think you came across today. You sounded very defensive today. Well, bless the Lord, I was. I mean, I felt like, you know. Well, I don't know that that was the best position to take. Well, why not? Because, you know, I mean, you know, fight or flight thing? In emergencies, people respond. You either fight or flight. I'm not flight. I I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't run. I just, and I don't mean to be that way. I don't try to be that way. It just, I'm trying to chip away. Thank you. Thank you so much, sister. I love you. Thank you so much. It just comes sometimes. And you know what I mean? It just, so if you're a flight person, it just comes out. If you're things that are there, but guys, our job, our job, my kids, I don't ever tell my kids, well, it's your mama's fault. You know what? You ought to deal with her. Blah, 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 blah. I give her a hard time. I cut up with her. But when it comes to stuff, we don't have serious talk. Let's have serious talk. They asked me some tough, listen, man, I got all girls. If you don't know our family, I got all girls. They asked me stuff that I want to put a bag over my head and respond. I am so like, where did you hear that? Oh, can we talk about that in a year or two? Can just put that on the shelf like you heard what? Okay, let's talk about it. Oh, and they're like, What? Well, you ask. I mean, I'm never going to lie to you. You wanted to know, you know? So anyway, I'm saying all that because as a dad, you might be in a situation where maybe you don't get the opportunity to fix that now. You can pray and ask the Lord to help intervene. But as far as it goes with you, scriptures say, live at peace among everyone. As far as it goes with you, do what you can. And I'm speaking to the men right here. I'm going to say this, though, as far as to the ladies in the room, um, even though it's, it's on us, maybe you feel like, well, he's not, he's not dealing with anything. You want to try and help him. I'm just telling you, it's not going to help the problem. You're not going to fix him. I'm sorry, but you really need to hear me on this. You're not going to fix him. You can't. You, just, you don't have the power. Now, you can pray for him, but don't go around and make a circle of, you know, influencers here to try to pray and then get on him. Like that ain't gonna help him. You want him to change? Ask God to work on him. Seek the Lord about it. Pray, God help him. And and then when the opportunity opens up for a little bit, if he asks questions, then talk about it. But don't try to fix him. Don't look at these people on TV and say, "Well, I wish my husband was like that." No, you married him. You knew what he was when you married him. Ain't nothing changed. You just want him to change. Let the Holy Spirit do it. And I'm talking about normal stuff here. I'm not talking about abuse 
addiction. I'm not talking about things that are harmful. To, I'm not talking about that, that kind of stuff you've got to deal with. You need, you need authorities to help with that. I'm talking about the stuff that, you know, well, he ain't brought me flowers in five years. Okay. All right. You ain't going to fix that by just leaving little hints and notes everywhere. It don't work like that. Talk to him. Ask the questions, you know, if you want to. But trying to manipulate to fix it won't work. And Haley could speak to this if he wants to ask questions. If you want her to hear it from a woman's perspective, she'll teach this better than I can. And she doesn't do that. I'm just saying if you want to hear it from a woman's perspective, if it's kind of like, man, yeah, but you're a guy. You're defending guys. I'm not. She can tell you the same thing. You've got to let the Holy Spirit get in here and help each of us. The Holy Spirit's got to help a man fix this stuff, and the Holy Spirit's got to help a woman fix this stuff. But if we're dependent on the Holy Spirit, he can do a greater work in us and start working some things out in each of us. So this third and fourth generation thing, um, don't you hear this? God pardon your iniquities. That means you've been set free. But the problem is in a pardon, when you look back, here's what you see. Where's Jody Haggerty? Uh-huh. Oh, here he is. Yes. Jody Haggerty in his past, these are the things he has done. Yep, 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 yeah. Don't deny any of it. You know, I mean, I'll tell you, yeah. I mean, all that's me. However, I have been pardoned, so I've been set free from that. Though I did those things, and it's on record, I've been set free from that, and in the eyes of God, I am free. But the problem is this, if I don't address why I got that list of things in my past, if I just ignore them, I sometimes kind of, it comes out over here on this side. Yeah, I've been set free, I'm in pardon, but every now and then, we like to call him that dead man, he comes up out of the grave, here I am, you know, it's like, he's back. You got to put him down, man. Why does he keep? Why does that keep happening? It's called iniquity. And I'm going to tell you a story, and then then I'll ask. And then Bruce, you can come on up if you want. We'll we'll kind of close up with this thought. But I had someone ask me the other day about alcohol. So my kids asked me about alcohol too. And this is not a preach against or for. Okay. But um, it, it, so let's see how I want to say this. Um, my kids go. Why do we not drink, and I've explained to them about my dad and what I saw with my dad. The, the thing I found myself in is very interesting is that some of my, I will say this, uh, well, I'll just say this, clergy. It's, I don't know how else to say it, but pastors. It's kind of become cool to drink. And... Um, so they take the scripture, and it's fine. And it's, it doesn't, like, I'm not a judge. They're not getting drunk on it. Okay. I, I'm not, the Bible's very clear on it. You can have wine if you want. I mean, you know, you all avoid the strong drink, scriptures say. But that's neither here nor there. I mean, you know, if you go to another country, you go to Italy, you go to, you know, in the Europe, I mean, a glass of wine with dinner is like a Coca-Cola for us. Coke, in case you don't know what a Coca-Cola is. Sorry. <laughs> That's a, that's not a bad iniquity. That's an, that's something I picked up from my grandfather. He's called a Coca-Cola and I just picked it up and it's just, I'm going to stick with it no matter what. I don't care if you like it or not. It's Coca-Cola. So that's just a memory for me. Okay. But, um, 
But we all pick up these things like along the way, good and bad, we pick them up. And I've had to kind of not tell them, but I just kind of had to just kind of watch my connections with some of that. And here's and the reason why, if you don't know me, so in our family, my, my, I was the fourth generation. If you go back, I've asked questions and talked to them. My dad was completely addicted. And he, had a, he had some things. He, was, he struggled. And in his defense, I will say this, as he got older, we realized he had bipolar. He, was, he struggled bad. And it's hard because, you know, it's, it's like, well, yeah, but you should have changed. But it's hard. And I get it. Okay? And if you have family members in anything like this, you understand it's tough. It's, it's a tough thing. But before that, his dad was also, he didn't have bipolar. He just liked to get drunk. So that would be my, on my dad's side, my grandfather. If you go back before that, my great-grandfather also. Let me tell you how it started, though. They told me that it started, he used to hang out in the garage and just do some work on the weekends, and he'd just drink a few beers. Well, my great-grandfather did that, and then my grandfather saw it. So he went further with it. By the time I got to my dad, he was a pro at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was extreme. I mean, if I had the time to tell you, he should have never made it to, to, to the AG. He, you know, he almost made it to get all of his social security. He was so excited about it. <laughs> I think he got one year in, you know, and, but he, he was going to cash out. He thought, you know, oh man, I can't wait. I, I couldn't believe he made it as long as he did because he was, it was just, it, it had just consumed him. I say that because I said this, I will never be like him. I will never be like I said that to everybody. And before I you know, came to professional faith in Christ, like isn't, you know, he was the Lord of my life. I got saved when I was 10. But before I got into my you know, 20s, I used to hang out with friends who drank, and I would drink. But then I found myself drinking when no friends were around. And then one day I realized... Oh my gosh, I'm him. And so it was either one or two things. I didn't know what to do. I thought, well, what am I doing? Like, I, I'm him. The very thing I didn't want to be, the very thing I hated, I'm, become, I'm becoming and I don't know what to do. And it was the thing that got me, the thing that grabbed me so strongly. And it was a process of turning to faith in Christ. And after... Once I did, I just decided, it was just one of those things I said, someone taught me this about iniquities, and realizing that this was in my family tree, it was one of the things I just decided, I can't. I just, I just can't. Because I don't, I don't know, I know me, I don't know that I would stop. So for me, this is in my family tree, that's why we don't. Your family tree may be like this. No problems with it. Matter of fact, you look at it like, I don't understand why people get into it. That's fine. You don't have that. Okay. But I want to ask you this morning, what is in your family tree, though, that is bent? 
What thing have you grown up with? What thing have you heard? What thing have you been told? Have you believed that's a lie about yourself that you've yet to give to the Lord? And it's a real thing. This is not about salvation this morning. You can be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And these little things, I I can't explain all of it to you, but they can pop their head up over the course of your life. And you're like, why? Why? Why does this keep coming up again? And it's called iniquity. And you might not even cost it. Just something in your family that, you know, goes back. So here's what I would ask you to do. I would ask you to take a moment and close your eyes and bow your head. We're going into Thanksgiving this week. And this is not always an easy thing to do, but I'm going to pray for you and and let you go. But I do want you to take a minute and ask yourself, Lord, to the Lord, you know, God, is there anything in my life that's been bent that has affected my life? And here's the way that, here's what, the thing that caused me to pay more attention to this. If there's anything there, and it is, Am I passing it on to my kids? Because that will make you stop and really think. Sometimes if it's just us, we go, that's not a big deal. God loves me, I'll get over it. But if it's something that's not a positive thing, something that's not of God, then ask yourself, am I passing this on to my kids? Or to my grandkids or my great-grandkids or whatever? And if it's the Lord shows you something, gives you something, I just want you to give it to the Lord today. I'm going to pray for you. You can kind of pray with me on this. Whatever that thing is, you probably already have it in your mind by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I just want you to pray and repeat and pray this with me. I'm going to lead you through this. I'm trying to say it right. I'm going to lead you through this, but I want you to pray out loud after me and acknowledge these things to the Lord. And just, it's going to be a process of just release right now. Okay? So here's what you want. Repeat this after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I acknowledge that I have iniquities I know that you saved me and I know that you redeemed me and my salvation is secure however they are things in my life I want to give to you and this thing today I release it and I renounce it In Jesus' name and Holy Spirit, I ask you now to fill that hole, to fill this void with your precious spirit, with the fruit of the spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Now that's just a simple thing, right? But your first step, Jesus said, if the house is swept clean, if nothing gets put in the house, then one more evil or one deadly or more uh, destructive than the first comes back. He brings seven more with him. So what we do this morning by praying. We're saying, God, clean this spot in my life. It's not about salvation. But God, help me in this area of my life. And Lord, now fill this area with your Holy Spirit. And this is why I said I'm removing myself from this part I can't get around that because I don't know, I don't trust me on this. So what do I do? I fill it with something else. If I have to get around my buddies, you know what I drink? I drink club soda with lime. A lot of it. 
if they're to start drinking that stuff, I'd go, you know, club soda line. And they say, you want to think? No, club soda line. That's what I do. And you say, well, that's not spiritual. Um, yeah, it is. Sometimes we think God's just going to do everything. He doesn't. If you have temptation in something, guys, uh, get your wife to put a password on it. You don't know what it is. Problem solved. It really is. I mean, it's just not a problem. It, you put a password on it, done deal. Put secure, set the security settings so high that you require somebody to come over there and see what it is you're going to look at. If you're, you know what I'm saying? If you have temptation in that. And those are real things. If you have temptation in other stuff, you, you put, I call them guardrails, you put things up to keep from, keep it from happening. Or putting yourself in a situation, you kind of remove yourself from the situation from it happening, if you will. So anyway, I just, that's my prayer for you this week. And uh, Gary's going to come up and close up and, and wrap up today. But my prayer for you is this, that, um, man, that you take this time to say, Lord, you've, you know, you've cleansed me. You've emptied, you've filled this spot in my life. You've helped me get rid of. So, God, I'm going to make myself, I'm going to acknowledge this, and I'm going to remove myself from this or add things to my life to keep this from being a part of me or attaching to me. So that's my prayer for you during this Thanksgiving. And that, you know, when you go through this Thanksgiving, just thanking Jesus, thanking Jesus, thanking Jesus, and watching him change that family tree, get the roots stronger, Grow your family tree upright in every area of your life, right? So that's my prayer for you. So, hey, you guys welcome Gary up. Oh, there he is. Welcome Gary up this morning. Thank you, Pastor. That was for me today. I don't know about the rest of you guys here, but that was for me. So a uh, couple things. Um, just want to remind you that uh, this week is Thanksgiving. Our church has always been fortunate enough because of your giving to be able to bring meals to the first responders. If you've not had a chance to do that, you can sign up be a part of that this week if you deliver some meals to them it's so fun to see the surprise on their face when they know somebody cares for them when they're working that day while the rest of us get to enjoy football and and dinner and everything else with our families those folks are working we've been up to the 911 center before and those folks are tucked away there's nobody else up there and they're so happy when we show up with that so you're giving Uh, you guys can be a part of that and there's a lot of ways to give at cornerstone you can give online you can text to give there's offering boxes in the back back here. You can drop an offering in on the way out as well. So we just appreciate that and are excited because we get to do those kind of things because you guys give. So a um, couple things to remind you about was the volunteer um, appreciation. That's December the 8th. And our prayer partners are going to come up front now. If, uh, any of these things that Pastor talked about today, if you'd like to have somebody agree with prayer and with you, these folks would be happy to, to pray with you up here as well. Um, and we just believe that God answers prayer, uh, no matter what it is, no matter what those situations are. So if you would, uh, go ahead and just stand. We're going to send you out with the blessing out of Numbers chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord, may the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you give you his peace. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you next Sunday. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.